0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Franchise Fluid Podcast where we keep you fluent in franchising. I'm your host, Austin Titus, and I'm joined here by co-host Andrew Titus. What's going on everyone? Andrew Titus here. And today we are going to dive right into it. You know, we have a couple different segments do in this podcast. As I mentioned, we're going to be doing a bunch of different types of interviews, uh, franchisee interviews, franchisor interviews, and we're going to be doing another segment of what's going on in franchising today, where we take a few different, uh, headlines in franchising, small business, entrepreneurship, uh, in general, those types of topics, and we read the headlines a little bit about the article and give our two cents. So we're going to dive right into it. Let's get it. Let's go. All right. So for our first headline, we have a franchise news article by Mary Vintage. And the headline reads, Rutgers basketball star Cliff Amore joins 16 handles. Uh, 16 handles is a frozen yogurt Franchise, um, but it's an NIL deal, and it's the first NIL deal uh, in NCAA for a partnership for frozen yogurt franchise. Article reads: Sixteen handles a self serve frozen dessert franchise has added a star to its team, Cliff Amori, the six foot eleven inch tall standout center for Rutgers University's Scarlet Knights men's basketball team. Amori has signed with 16 handles under the Name, Image, Likeness, NIL agreements that are now allowed for amateur collegiate athletes under NCAA rules. And then lastly, the NCAA began allowing college athletes to license their names, image, and likeness on July 1st, 2021. Many types of companies have been signing these athletes to assist in their public relations and advertising efforts. Two franchise brands made headlines with their NIL deals. Uh, College Hunks, Hauling Junk, you know, has a partnership and also uh, 16 Handles. And so we've got a couple of franchises that have been getting involved in the NIL advertising world. What's your two cents on that?
1: Man, Austin, that just gets me so frustrated that... Ten years ago, when we were practicing, we didn 't have something like that man I mean we, neither of us were good enough i don 't want to speak for you, but i wasn 't good enough but man, if there was something like that back in back in the day, maybe we would have practiced more uh, to get better um, to get an nil deal but no i love I love franchises getting involved in 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 this sort of thing where it's like we talked about beforehand, like a low barrier of entry of getting someone mm-hmm. who has an influence who maybe has that 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 uh that exposure to a certain market segment via Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or Facebook that they can then influence for that franchise company that may not have a million dollars to get LeBron James ultimately, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's a great point. I think if they're doing NIL deals for high school, I think – We both probably could have gotten a deal for Chipotle. Oh my
1: gosh. Get get that gold card Kept that that place
0: in business in high school. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it might, you know, I I love the NIL, uh, you know, deals that they've started Uh, personally. I think it's a, a cool opportunity for these, you know, kids to really take advantage of. Their talents, their name, image, and likeness, <laughs> as it states. Um, but it's also a really cool opportunity for local franchisees uh, and franchisors. I've seen uh, a couple of deals with, you know, for example, I think it was Wisconsin. They had the whole offensive line that was signed by, you know, some uh, some restaurant yeah, locally. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that stuff is pretty cool. Uh, and, and it makes sense. And so I think it could open up a lot of doors for franchisees and franchisors to do some you know, strategic marketing obviously dependent on their brand and dependent on what what their target market is.
1: Yeah, and I'll throw another another thing at you. It's it's going to be interesting if this becomes popular with franchisees. What is going to be controversial for them to take on? What people mm. that maybe the franchisor says I don't, I don't want you to partner with that person, or maybe they push a certain criteria for people to only do nil deals. I don't know what the kind of regulatory factors will be from a franchisor. Um, But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Mm.
0: Yeah, agree. Lots of different opportunities there. Um, You know, maybe we should consider doing some NIL
1: advertising. We we can talk to some people. We can talk to some
0: people. All right. Next article is uh, by John Viola. um, And headline reads, Employers... Get ready for new California HR laws in 2023 and beyond. Ten things to look out for. And I'm not going to read all ten. I'm actually just going to read one. We're going to focus on the AB 257. Um, and so that's about fast foods. So headline or article reads, AB 257 creates new obligations for the fast food industry and creates a fast food council... Uh, with the California Department of Industrial Relations, the council will have responsibility for setting industry-wide wages, wage standards, working hours, and other working conditions for employees working for a fast food restaurant that is part of a fast food chain of 100 or more nationwide establishments. So uh, a lot of people have been talking about the you know, AB-257 uh, in regards to franchising in California that they've created because it... Really affects large food franchises, yeah. and so what's what's your two cents on this?
1: I, I think Austin, I think the intentions are 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 right. You know, I think they're trying to support um, kind of the lower level minimum wage employees, um, but at the same time, I think it's a slippery slope. You know, being able to mandate certain things uh, for for these restaurants when. It's really going to depend on what each of these businesses how they're running their business ultimately and their profit margins, their gross profit, what their operating costs are and so there needs to be i I get that we're trying to take care of people, and that makes a lot of sense, but there needs to be some flexibility depending on mm. the situation and the actual business sense and you know my one thing I would say is what do the franchisees think of this? What do those franchisees of those fast foods uh, chains think of this and I don't know frankly but i i I think it's a slippery slope, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I 100% agree with everything that you said. It's definitely, most of these laws are made with great intentions, but there is definitely a slippery slope there because, you know, franchisees are going to have to make adjustments because when you take into account, uh, obviously, with, with inflation going on right now, of course, you know, that itself is going to increase the wages. Sure. And so in the end, it's almost like this doesn't matter because the inflation kind of goes with that. And so with inflation and with this, they're going to always have to continue to, to raise that you know minimum wage for locations that are over – or franchises that are over 100 locations. Um, but it's something that it, – it's interesting. So I, I think they have the intention of really cracking down on larger companies – uh, that might be taking advantage of people, sure, and obviously that's a good thing. That yep. shouldn't happen. People Absolutely. shouldn't be taken advantage of. But what it tre- what it tends to do, it tends to lead larger companies into pulling back and hiring.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we we deal with this sometimes where it's that kind of that threshold. I think what they're trying, they should target maybe as more the. The multi-unit kind of people that have a hundred locations themselves ultimately, yeah. maybe some of that, or even the companies that have a thousand locations. But when you get to a hundred locations, it, in, that's really not a lot for California, yeah. you know, in terms of locations. It's a good bit, but it's not mm-hmm. a lot. And so. I would be very interested to see how that affects everyone's P&Ls and and ultimately those franchisees, how they look at scaling the business. Are they going to say, okay, now I want to hire less people if you're requiring me to have certain hours or certain uh, standard requirements? Are they going to hire less people now to offset those costs? Yeah. are we doing more harm than good ultimately?
0: Well here's the problem with it. It's it's not necessarily a hundred locations in California. The franchisee and the franchise or they're mixing the franchisee and the franchise together. And that's okay. the first problem. Is if there's you know 50 corporate owned locations and that same brand also has 55 franchised locations and two of those locations are in California those two locations that are in California have to uh, abide by these rules okay interesting and so they're mixing the franchisor and the franchisee together yeah. which is which is kind of ignorant in, mm-hmm. in, in regards to how I look at it because they don't look at it as separate businesses where it really is completely separate businesses.
1: Completely different. Mm-hmm. The franchisee is working in a completely different ballgame than the corporate offices with their, their company stores. And so, you know, we'll see what happens here. Yeah. You know, but there's a lot of legislation out there that, like we talked about last time, we need to be aware of who is running and what the laws are that are being passed or being proposed ultimately. So 100%.
0: Um, Last article. This is a uh, some great content for you guys here. This one is by Dave Quinn of People Magazine. The headline reads, McDonald's brings the McRib back for what they are calling yet another farewell tour. The McRib sandwich is returning to McDonald's for what the restaurant chain teases might be the last time. According to a description on the fast food giants website, the legendary sandwich filled with boneless pork coated in barbecue sauce and topped with silvered onions and tart dill pickles on a hoagie style bun is going on a McRib farewell tour this year, remaining at participating locations through November 20th. Lastly, wanted to give you guys a little bit of history on the McRib in This article reads, Since its debut in 1981 at a McDonald's location in Kansas City, Kansas, the McRib earned a cult following thanks to its limited edition runs. This was despite being an initial flop, with the sandwich being overshadowed and oversold by the company's Chicken McNuggets, which came out just three years earlier. Mm. So... What's your two cents on this?
1: Well, Austin, I know you, you've always been a big McRib guy. You know, I, I remember that. But no, I, I think it's, listen, I think it's a great marketing play. I mean, I love the limited time um, uh, specials with the McRib. I think it's perfect that they haven't put it on as a full-time menu. It's kind of like you, when, you, when you can't have it, you want it. Ultimately, kind of thing we so, all want what we uh, ain't got. Exactly, Exa- so I love, I love the idea from McDonald's. Now, will it actually be their for farewell tour for the McRib? I highly doubt that. I think they've had like ten farewell tours. Yeah. Uh, They definitely have, you know, and I don't know if people are going to start buying the sandwiches and keeping them as souvenirs, kind of saying I got the last round of McRibs or it's pretty disgusting. I could buy
0: one and then, you know, dry seal it, keep it, keep it in the freezer forever and then probably sell it on eBay for a million bucks,
1: right? Listen, it's not that good as it is even. I mean, it's very overrated, but it's one of those things that, listen, when it comes out again, I always get one. We're going to... Later later down the road, we're going to do a McRib uh, yeah.
0: testing, taste test here on the podcast in a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I, my my two cents on this is, you know, I know you say that I like the McRib, but I don't really like the McRib. Yeah. I just feel like I have to get it every time Exactly. It's back. Yeah. Um, in reality, it just kind of tastes like barbecue sauce on a bun. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting sandwich. Um, but, you know, in general, McDonald's takes a lot of heat, you know, People talk about how it's you know garbage, but you know McDonald's paved the way for franchising. Oh, really,
1: absolutely. When we're
0: talking about franchising, and to be real, there's there's really two people, two kinds of people in this world. There's people that secretly love McDonald's, and there's liars. And so there's a lot of liars out there, and and you're not fooling anyone because we know that you secretly go to McDonald's on on a on a lonely night when you're driving down the road and you've got nothing. You know, to to go to, you find McDonald's. I know you do. Of still. course. Of course. You know they who do. you are. They, they know who they
1: are. They know who they are. Right, let, let's, from a franchisee standpoint, let's talk about kind of that impact. I think I think the franchisees love it. I, I haven't heard any accounts. I, I would just think so because, you know, it's something to kind of just a spark to boost sales. It's kind of the same thing they do with their Monopoly thing. They, They do it all the time with these specials to boost their sales. And, listen, it's a marketing play, and I love it. It's a genius marketing
0: play because it gets me to McDonald's, and you know, I know I just went on a little rant, but I I don't really go to McDonald's that often. Like a
1: once a month, once, once, a, I'm, a once a, no, I'm a once month. No, I'm one once, once a, month. a month. Yeah, maybe, once maybe a twice month. a month. You know, yeah. actually, yeah. I'm probably a twice a month.
0: Since I have a baby now, it's easy to just go through a drive through rather than to unload the baby. Oh, uh, wait till the kids' and, meals. Oh yeah, you're
1: screwed. Um,
0: yeah, going to <laughs> gain twenty five pounds. <laughs> All right, well. That closes up the show, guys. We really appreciate you listening. Make sure you share the show, uh, follow us on social media, and please share the show with anybody that you know and interested in the franchising world, entrepreneurship, small business. We're gonna, you know, keep these up once a week. So thanks.